This podcast is about overwork here at Oxford. It includes quotes by Oxford students voiced by colleagues from the counselling service. As my work was the only thing that seemed to matter in my life, when I received a mark or comment that I deemed to be less than good, it would play on my mind for days, sometimes weeks afterwards. My entire self-worth was based on my work and grades, and I was extremely self-critical and had a very negative opinion of myself. It became increasingly hard to concentrate due to lack of sleep, and I began to dislike the work I was doing. However, my grades were improving, so I justified to myself that it was worth it. The fear of failure was so extreme that I was allowing myself to continue living this unhealthy lifestyle that was making me so unhappy. Overwork is a symptom of perfectionism. Perfectionism is not really about being perfect, but about having unrelenting high standards and a sense of self-worth that is based on the ability to strive for those standards and the push to achieve them even when it becomes more costly and painful. Perfectionism is linked to control and feeling out of control. Feeling out of control has uncomfortable feelings, sensations and thoughts, and these internal experiences are painful and so the mind creates rules to bring control back into the internal world, and so the struggle and battle begins. The rules can be based on standards, assumptions, beliefs about you personally, your work, and those around you, including your tutors, your family, and your friends. As you lose control, which is inevitable with life's curveballs, the rules and behaviours become more rigid and inflexible, in a sense gripping tighter to working harder and harder. What then happens is the workability and sustainability of the behaviour becomes more costly. Interestingly, achievements and success either slide off like Teflon, or are absorbed quickly, Failures are like Velcro and stick to us and then we overthink, analyse and beat ourselves up, trying to figure them out and stop them from happening the next time. We have evolved to focus on negative thoughts and feelings that cause us pain, are incomplete or frightening in order to sort them out, figure them out and to keep us safe. Hence, like Velcro, they stick. It can, however, bias our attention and how we see ourselves and our work. The trick with overwork is to think, does this behaviour have my long-term interests at heart? I suppose the key words are sustainability and workability. And you can ask yourself whether what you're doing is working to make your life rich, full and meaningful. In a sense, if you hold on tightly to those thoughts and behaviours that you have, does it help you to be the person you want to be and do the things you want to do? How does it work in the long run if you let those beliefs, thoughts or behaviours be in charge of your life? Also think about separating yourself from your work. It might be helpful to think of three questions. Question one, is your overwork workable? In a sense, does it give you the rich, full, meaningful, lived life you want? Or does it impinge on your life and come at a high price? Can you sustain the behaviour? Question two. Is your overwork a choice? Or is it a knee-jerk, automatic or autopilot reaction from thoughts, 
feelings and or bodily sensations? Is your behaviour a mindful or thoughtful way to respond? And question three. What is the motivation behind your overwork? Is it to control, reduce, minimise, deflect or get rid of thoughts, feelings and or bodily sensations? Or is it for the activity in itself, in a sense, the work in itself? Work gradually, without me noticing, took up more and more of my time until without me realising it became the only thing that I did. The nature of work at Oxford means that you can't always get everything correct, which can be hard to deal with when you're used to being perfect your whole life. At the start of the year, work was difficult but manageable. I had, for the most part, a healthy balance between my work and my social life. However, as the term progressed, I became obsessed with my performance and as a result, I increased the pressure on myself to do well. The thought of work became panic attack inducing and I had constant anxiety. I stayed up until three, sometimes four, trying to finish a piece of work that wasn't due in for another week, sometimes two. I never felt like I did enough and I was exhausted all the time. And yet I still carried on working. With overwork, your comfort zone shrinks. There is increasing frustration that you can only do the work that is in front of you. The rest of the work can't be done at that time. Maybe your mind jumps from task to task. When doing something, there is a feeling that you should be doing something else. It starts to become about time, especially that there is no time. Let's be curious and open about how you define productivity and progress. Are you working productively or simply harder? Does your sense of productivity need to be concrete? In other words, having concrete proof that you're doing something. An example of this could be extensive and overcomplicated notes. Are there other ways of thinking about progress and productivity? With overwork, it can be helpful to think of our goals and time management. It means working with the time you have, not the time you think you should have. Try googling the Pomodoro technique for more information. Overwork can also be struggling with transitions between tasks and letting go of something before it feels finished properly. Notice this. Allow yourself to have these feelings of discomfort and still commit to transitions between tasks, like stopping reading or note-taking and handing in an essay earlier. For example, finish within the time frame. You can always continue and pick it up tomorrow. Try not to keep on working until it is finished. Linked to transitions between tasks is SMART goals. That means goals can be specific, measurable, actual, realistic and timed. Often we don't succeed because our goals, tasks or time management, are unrealistic and unattainable. But then we blame ourselves, take it personally and think there is something wrong with us. You can't bend the physics of time yet, so be kind to yourself and be realistic with the time that you have. Working hard is something every student, no less one at Oxford, needs to be disciplined about. So too with work-life balance itself. It's easy to strongly identify with the quality of your output, whatever your field of study. That's why I'm here, you probably say. 
Still, work is only a facet of who you are, as it was before you arrived at Oxford. Whether you will stay here for the long haul into an academic career or go elsewhere, the rest of you will need to be there for you and worked on throughout. If you're passionate about your subject like I am, it's likely that has helped sustain your interest to this point. But even if it feels like just one more reading or hour of work will be sufficient, be careful to take care of your other needs. Because working too hard can cost you. Not simply in terms of your ability to enjoy your time here, or your ability to enjoy the work you're doing, but even your ability to work effectively at all. The hardest thing will be to take breaks and perhaps do some exercise or other fun activities that you enjoy. Be prepared for internal sensations like guilt, shame, critical self-talk, and still commit to taking some time out. You are not an academic machine, and yet doing what is important in the long run can create more discomfort in the short run. Try and eat and sleep, although how much sleep you need is different for everyone, so find something that works for you. Mindfulness can be very helpful to practice acceptance of our internal world. Mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, slowing things down on purpose, in the present moment and non-judgmentally. Acceptance is hard. It takes compassion and commitment to practice. And yet you are meant to feel stress, worry, panic and anxiety at Oxford, just as in life at different times. Your studies are important to you and these feelings communicate that to you and that's okay. What can you start changing and what can you start accepting if it can't be changed? It's taken me time, but I've gradually become aware of how destructive my habits were and that this lifestyle was not sustainable. I realised there are more ways to measure growth than in marks and feedback. Instead, I tried to focus on my values and who I want to be as a person. I'm still hardworking and ambitious, but I'm also a good friend, a good listener, kind, and ultimately a good person. And whether I get good grades or not does not change this. It took a while for me to see this, and it's hard to break old habits. But more and more, I'm beginning to create a lifestyle that is sustainable, having a balance between work, health and leisure time. I've realised I'm allowed to be happy. My advice to others would be to timetable time when you stop working and take care of yourself. This time is equally as important as the time you spend working and shouldn't be considered less productive. Your health should not be a luxury. If work does start to become unsustainable, then don't be afraid to ask for help whether it's from friends, family, tutors, or even a counsellor. It's important to change what you can change and accept what you can't change. You can't change these feelings and thoughts. Perhaps you can change how and when you work. There is a choice there. In a sense, the problem isn't stress, anxiety, or worry about the work. The trouble is when we don't have downtime, breaks, or rests. So recovery is an important part of this. 
Remember that these changes take time, practice, patience and compassion. There don't need to be any grand gestures, just small nudges. Try and see what happens. Make changes as experiments that may work out or may not and gather the data about the outcome and your experiences. All data is good. It helps inform us. Remember that change in itself can be perfectionist driven. An intellectual understanding of change can happen quickly, whereas embodied or emotional changes can take time. And be prepared for setbacks. Some days will be better than others, and that's okay. All you have to do is the work in front of you, and that is all. Even when your mind thinks that for every route taken, there are other routes not taken or routes still waiting to be taken, bring it back to all you can do now in the time you have. That is reasonable. And when you notice that the balance is leaning heavily towards work, try and bring it back to mindfulness, eating, sleeping, exercise, a break of some sort. You are not an academic machine, but a mind in a brain in a body. And you need to look after your brain and your body too. Nurture the bodily vehicle that moves your brain and mind around. Transitions don't happen in an hour, day, week or even one month. It's never too late to establish a routine. And recognise that many small things may not seem like they add up when you look at them in isolation. But remind yourself that terms at Oxford, like life, are like a marathon. And I've learned to remind myself I've got to be in this for the long haul, especially when the shorter segments have got me down. You may have to change some things you've done before to adjust, but that's how adjustments work. Remind yourself why you're studying what you're studying and let that be a source of strength.